right, well, hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Leaving Churchianity podcast. On this podcast, we attempt to shed the baggage of inherited religion and get down to the simplicity of the truths and encouragements of God's Word. Very fitting that we talk about this subject in the early episodes of this podcast because the reason this podcast exists is essentially to help people not fall victim to this topic as tens of thousands of people are right now. We're seeing it all over the place and it's ending in them completely denying that God exists and they're just walking away from him completely. So to say that this is currently one of the most powerful tools that Satan is using is a bit of an understatement. It's called deconstructionism. And I wanna try to offer some helpful words by way of a quick background Uh, If you missed my testimony in episode two, I'm someone who was raised in Christianity, all right? Very thankful for that. Went to Bible college to study theology, went, did my time in seminary, and have been involved in the church now for over 20 years. But like a lot of people, due to some hurtful things and troubling experiences in the church, I had a bit of a crisis of faith like many others. And I left modern Christianity and essentially deconstructed my faith or the upbringing of my particular denominationalism, but it didn't stop there. I successfully, with God's help, reconstructed it from the ground up based only on what stood the test of intense scrutiny according to the actual facts and evidence. Okay, so I I wanna throw my hat in the ring here and have a, a quick but real honest conversation about the massive numbers of people who are deconstructing their Christian faith. This is a huge problem in Christianity right now. All right, over the past, I'd say, five or six years, this movement has broken out in the church world called Christian deconstruction or deconstructionism. You may very well know one or more people who are going through it or have been through it. People are calling themselves now ex-evangelicals or ex-Vs or Christian deconstructionists or you know, hashtag empty the pews or stuff like that. It's a movement that is growing at incredible rates, rapidly becoming a predominant fad in today's society. People defecting or walking away from Christianity altogether. And it's not, it's not just lay people. It's claiming high numbers of Christian leaders and evangelical Christian pastors even, and a lot of Christian uh, musical artists like, for instance, the lead singer of Newsboys a couple years ago, uh, Christian artist Michael Gunger, Katie Hudson, Leslie Phillips, uh, Jennifer Knapp is one, and other bands like Hawk Nelson, that's a popular one, or Kevin from the popular band DC Talk. All of these people and, and more have all deconstructed their faith and become what they can't claim is ex-Christians who claim they don't believe in God anymore. They have lost their faith in that. The most recent Barna research poll that I found said that two-thirds of the Christians in America ages 18 to 29 who were raised in church have walked away from the faith completely. Two-thirds of them. That is a staggering number. This movement is, is something that we all should be aware of. We should all be educated about it and keep an eye on it within our spheres of influence. So first of all, what exactly is Christian deconstructionism? People talk about it in in many different ways, so it it can be difficult to, to define it unanimously. But 
at its proper core, Christian deconstruction is an intellectual exercise of just critical thinking, examining one's faith. Okay, it, it involves particularly four parts. All right, dismantling, understanding, processing, and forming conclusions or beliefs. So it's dismantling the version of Christianity that we have inherited. And it's it's trying to understand why it is the way that it is today, which, hey, that's not a bad thing to do. And then it's processing that information and forming conclusions and beliefs based on what you find, which I believe is a healthy thing to do for everyone. When, when people come of age and they take ownership of their faith, I think this is a very healthy thing to do in that process. The problem is churches do not help people engage this exercise and actually help them through it. So consequently, it, it rarely ends well for people because this is, it's no easy task at all. Let's, let's not misunderstand that. This is no easy task for the average person. This is among the most difficult things for people to do. It's very difficult to properly understand all of the facets of Christianity and how it has evolved and become so complex over the last 2000 years. All right. A, a lot of contradictions and disunities are exposed between all of the thousands of denominations and different belief systems out there these days, which it's just, it's too deep for a lot of people to tackle alone. It's, it's exhausting and they simply cannot process all of this. They don't think that way and you, you can't blame them. We're all made differently. And so rather than being able to see past the flaws of mankind and the religious chaos we've accumulated to see the undeniable truth of God's word, all right, most people just give up and reactively form beliefs or conclude that, look, the whole Bible is just untrue or Christianity is just another empty religion based on myths, they say. It's, it's absolutely tragic. It is heart-wrenching to see, and it's happening all around us. But if done correctly in an, an open, safe environment, which is what the church should be, with the help of the Spirit and other mature believers along the way, it can be one of the most encouraging, faith-building experiences a person can go through. It really can. Christian deconstruction done properly dismantles Christianity in order to evaluate its credibility, its validity. It dismantles the cultural influences. Faith becomes intertwined with a particular culture so intrinsically that it's it's hard for people to separate the two sometimes. They project their understanding of their modern Christian culture that they were raised in onto scripture as though it is the correct representative for what God designed. And that is always destructive. We must keep in mind that culture changes constantly and cultural influences have a tendency to distort and redefine the faith in, in unbiblical, harmful ways. It's just, just the way that it is. Ways that are actually sinful, believe it or not. It could be argued that deconstruction and reconstruction is good, healthy, and even commanded by God, if you really think about it, to keep the faith pure and unadulterated for future generations. That's a good, healthy thing. As God said, do not add to or take away from what he designed. 
what he commanded, Deuteronomy 12. The Bible also says in Jude that we are to earnestly, earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, that we are to examine ourselves regularly to see whether or not we are in the faith, the proper faith, or whether or not we're just following a religion. So deconstruction dismantles these things in a healthy way. It dismantles denominational influences. I don't know, most people aren't aware of this, but there are currently over 30,000 Christian denominations that are registered in the world today. Most people don't know that. Many of which have very different belief systems that, that contradict many others. And they can't all be true, obviously. I mean, only one can be true. There are many false gospels floating around these days. Now, don't get me wrong. Not all doctrines or beliefs are critical or essential. There are peripheral, non-essential beliefs that don't have anything to do with salvation that shouldn't be a source of separation in the body of believers. Okay, we shouldn't divide over these non-essential things, such as, you know, stuff like end times teachings or like the timing of the rapture or the method of fasting or spiritual gifts. But there are also core non-negotiable doctrines that must be upheld and unadulterated and, and wholeheartedly held on to, such as the various gospel truths, the various parts of the gospel, and who God is, and you know what his son accomplished, and what faith and repentance are. Okay, those are non-essential stuff. Some doctrines are essential, and they simply cannot be altered or rejected in order for a person to be a legitimate transformed believer, a legitimate converted person. So deconstruction dismantles the various influences that denominations have had on the faith and their various doctrines to determine what is true and what is false. Sadly, though, this process often results in people deconverting and abandoning the faith. Deconstruction is a process. Okay, deconversion is a possible result, and it's tragic. I would say the main reason there are so many leaving the faith is because there are so many false Christians or false believers. That's a truth that we need to talk about and really meditate on. Really, there's, there's two categories of false disciples. Okay, first of all, there's the deceived. There's those who don't know it, those who don't realize it, and won't find out until the judgment, when it's too late. Those who think that they are Christians all through their life and find out that they weren't. When they stand in front of the Son of God on Judgment Day, they'll find out that they weren't. Okay, Matthew 7 talks about these. These are the self-deceived. Those who have called him Lord, Lord throughout their life, claim to have done many things in his name for him. But he declares unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Very sad. So there's the deceived, the self-deceived sometimes. Then there's the self-proclaimed false disciples. False disciples who declare themselves to be false disciples in this life. They, they reject it openly, publicly, like these Christian artists and pastors that I mentioned. They publicly reject what they once affirmed. They leave the Lord they once followed and they declare themselves to have rejected 
the faith. Abandoning the faith has never been more popular than it is in this current generation, I believe. Because in our culture today, it involves this strange sense of victimization heroism. In the past, let's say just 70 years ago, you would have been shunned by society. But today, oh, today is totally different. You can find tens of thousands of friends on the internet who will embrace and applaud your defection and call you a hero. You are seen as a brave person and wise, but bravery and quitting without doing the appropriate research, that's not brave or wise, especially when eternity hangs in the balance. We all need to grasp the gravity and seriousness of this movement that is sweeping Christianity. And in love, we should be reaching out and helping people through this time of doubt, especially those who have been raised in Christianity and have been presented with so much of the truth. And remember, the Bible says that those who follow him and receive greater exposure to the truth, that judgment is even greater if they should walk away. Because as the Bible says, to whom much is given, much more will be required. The Bible says it would be better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and turned away from it. Remember that. Scripture also says if we deny him, he will deny us. In the language of the Lord himself in Matthew 10, 32 and 33, whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father in heaven. Our modern Christianity is comprised of so many forms. We have heretical churches preaching false gospels, uh, false liberal churches with cults and quasi-Christian cults preaching their false gospels. And you have the Roman Catholic church system, millions connected to an organization, but not to the Lord. And recently we've had the mega church movement, entertainment and shallowness and huge multitudes of people sucked into the entertainment and nugget theology approach devoid of any solid exposition of scripture or the true gospel and, and holy living. And I'm not just saying that. I spent many years in the megachurch movement working for a couple different churches and struggled with the shallowness of what was being preached for years. It's such a struggle. The result of all of this together produces a multitude of superficial Christianity numbering well over 100 million, meaning we have lots of candidates for spiritual deconstruction. The ultimate result of the false church that it produces, the many, you know, the many in scripture, many go down the broad path and only a few go down the narrow path. This false system produces the many who won't find out until the judgment seat when it's too late, who say, Lord, Lord. And he says, I don't know you. I never did. Nothing is more tragic than this truth. Knowing this is going on around us, how can we possibly keep silent about this? I can't. I can't. This one topic is essentially the reason for this podcast, to draw attention to that and help ring the alarm and try to help people see the problem that is out there today and evaluate where they stand. Make sure that they have a clear understanding of the true gospel message and a clear understanding of all of the false gospels that are out there and hopefully help people grow spiritually. That's our goal here. 
Educate, establish, and encourage people along their journey. Every one of us needs to assess and make certain of our spiritual understanding and also help those around us. If we all stand together, we have the potential to save millions. Realizing conversion rarely happens by one conversation. Okay, that, that's obvious. That's a rarity. As scripture says, one person plants the seeds, another waters, and eventually God gives the increase. And all glory to God. If we all work together to clarify the message and expose the lies that are out there, then we all play a part in removing all the confusion that Satan has spread in the minds of people, right? Then we all play a part in getting the gospel message to those within our sphere of influences. So that's a little bit about what deconstruction is in the Christian culture. So why are people deconstructing their faith? Well, I mean, there's a number of reasons, obviously. It's a pretty long list. But the big ones, I guess at the front of the list, are church hurt and abuse. That's a huge one. There's a lot of that in today's church system. It is, it is replete in the Catholic church system, but also in the Christian church. For example, I mean, you think back in the past, you've got Jim Baker, Jimmy Swaggard, Robert Tilton. Okay, these are all big names of the past. But currently, we have like Mark Driscoll. Joshua Duggar, Fred Phelps, Bill Gothard, and more recently, the Hillsong scandal of Carl Lentz and and Bill Houston. I mean, the list goes on and on, and it is shaking people's faith to the core because they see the institution. Okay, they they don't see the core truth. They're not hanging on to that relationship with God. Their faith was in a system. And I've personally seen it in three churches that I've been a member of. Then there is the abuse of power to, con- to control and manipulate people. I've been a victim of that myself. It's a terrible thing, but it happens all the time. This is enough for some people to turn their back on God completely because of what man has done. With the amount of Christian and church leaders that have abused their power and hurt others and conducted a facade, really, It's not surprising that people want to tear it down and rebuild or leave the faith. So that's a big reason why people are deconstructing their faith. While we are on this topic, here are some common traits of abusive church leaders that you can look out for. You can keep these things in the back of your mind to measure a pastor or a church leader. Number one, disregard for mutual respect. Okay, if they don't see you on the same plane, that's a big red flag. That's a big red flag. Biblically, that's a big red flag. Exclusivity. If they're shaming shaming others, if they reject feedback, that's a big one. If they demand blind trust, run for your life. That's a Bill Gothard thing right there. Emphasis on submission and obedience to leadership. Okay, remember, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that Christ is the head of mankind. Okay, not a pastor. Christ is the head of man and God is the head of Christ. Okay, you have a relationship with the Messiah. That's who your Lord, that's who owns you. That's who you follow. Pastors are, it's a spiritual gift here to help people. Yes, okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting down on the role that pastors can play in lives, for sure. But if they demand you submit and obey their leadership, that's a problem. They correlate God's favor with loyalty to leadership or the church. See, that's another lie. Often they'll use emotion to manipulate people. 
Okay, that's just that's just a small list, just to keep in the back of your mind. So that, that, that's a huge reason this church hurt. Also, the church environment itself is another reason people abandon the faith. Most people don't realize this, but the, the current church environment is wrong. It's unbiblical. And in future episodes, we're going to go through that. It's going to be absolutely clear as can be that the model or structure of the way that churches run today is nothing like Christ designed it to be. Nothing like the Bible described it to be. And in very subtle and clever ways, too. Church has become a business. And it's, it's producing a weak product that is not fully convinced or converted. And it cannot stand up against the oppositions of today's society. This product does not really know what it believes or why it believes it. By and large, when Christians today get confronted by error and are questioned, they have no real answers. And ultimately, you know, over time, under the pressure, their faith will crumble. We're seeing it all around us. The American church has become an, an impersonal, disconnected environment, unfortunately, and that is so tragic. It pushes conformity and submission to man's traditions, not necessarily to God. It creates submission and devotion to man's, I would say, self-imposed authority, not discipleship to God. And there's a big difference there. And that's what I'm trying to help you understand. We'll get into that much more deeply in the future, but God talks about it in scripture and he hates it. Revelation 3, you can check that passage out. This form of dominance weakens people's ability to think for themselves. Why think? Why reason? They can just outsource their spirituality to professionals, right? For a small fee. They can outsource raising their children and their children's spiritual beliefs to a youth pastor. So they don't have to spend the time to thoroughly develop these beliefs with their children one-on-one. -on -one. It's very appealing if you can just outsource that for a little money. I'm not saying youth activities in a church fellowship is, is necessarily bad. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about the mentality. But the responsibility is on the parents to raise the children in the faith, not a youth, youth pastor. So these are some of the reasons. Also, a huge one is hypocrisy. The very common reason people abandon the faith. Unfortunately, the Christian community is filled to the brim with hypocrisy. It's very unfortunate. Very open, blatant hypocrisy, which was a problem back in, in the time when Jesus walked the earth. And many people cannot get past that. I, the Messiah couldn't get past that. So can you blame them? But hypocrisy doesn't mean that the Bible isn't true. It just means that those people are fake, like the Pharisees were. Yet, according to polls, this remains one of the main reasons why people leave the church and abandon their faith. You need to understand that religion is flawed because man is flawed. All man, including this one. But that doesn't make the Bible untrue. Another reason that most people don't think about is society's influence on the church. Truth is no longer objective or real in today's modern society. That's becoming very clear. You know that. But the Bible is true. God is true. Jesus said, I am the truth. And he came to model and teach the truth. But society wants to do away with accountability to God. So they do away with the truth, with <laughs> truth in general. 
and they make everything subjective and relative and, and undefinable. It sounds good to those with itching ears. Culture. Culture is another one. People are allowing culture to determine their Christian values and morals rather than the scripture, rather than God. They say morals have changed. Therefore, our reading of scripture must change. Why? God doesn't change. His standard of righteousness doesn't change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Bible means the same thing today that it meant when it was written. That's the beauty of it. God is the determiner of what right and wrong is. We will give an account to him, not mankind. He determined that it is wrong to lie, for example. He determined that it was wrong to steal, to murder, to commit adultery, to kidnap, and so on and so forth. If society says morals are determined by people, then anyone can say that it's not wrong for someone to lie or steal. Steal your stuff or rape or murder or extort a business or a person. Everyone knows we are experiencing an unprecedented war on truth and reality in society today. A flood of various propaganda that is just overwhelming the population in America and across the world. World chess champion Gary Kasparov said it well in a recent post that I read. He said, the point of modern propaganda isn't only to misinform or to push an agenda. It is to exhaust your critical thinking to annihilate truth. <laughs> what a statement. How true is that? Every citizen has to endure a constant barrage of misinformation. And I dare say the faith of most American Christians is proving not strong enough to handle the battle. They buckle under the pressure and deconstruct or demolish their beliefs. They're like the three soils in Luke 13 that the seed was cast on that didn't work. That were not fertile soil for the seed to grow. Trials and tribulations and heat or pressures, they give up. They give up and defect largely because Christians haven't sent up the proper environment or teaching to help people through this assault. Christians need to set up that environment. A religion that is a business isn't there for you personally. It's not designed to be what you and I need in this kind of a war, but relationship, relationship faith that God designed is what we all need to help us through these, these constant assaults and doubts that we face. We're called to be followers of God, followers of truth, not the ever-changing whims and rebellions of this postmodern, post-truth culture. I would assume you could say amen to that. Another reason is politics, which shouldn't be. Well, what, is, what are politics doing in the church? People are bringing politics into the church, causing massive separation. Politics is like a wave in the sea. It's, it's always moving. It's always changing. It's never constant. You can't use it as a basis to base your beliefs on. Politics changes every two to four years. Political stances cannot inform your faith. Your faith must always inform and determine your political stance. People have finally lost all confidence 
in the four primary institutional pillars of society that we have today. What are those pillars? I would suggest they're government, business, corporate business, media, and the church. These are four pillars. These four are more likely to be viewed today as corrupt, ineffective, you know, and self-serving rather than trustworthy and effective and selfless. Nobody thinks government is selfless or the media is selfless or churches these days are selfless. Oh, they've become a business. And the church, to a large extent, has not positioned itself as a redemptive counterculture that holds itself accountable. Accountability is very lacking in the church structure, and that's a huge problem for people. So people are viewing the church as just another extension of, of untrustworthy control over us, like government, corporate America, or the media. You can't trust it. Now you can't trust Christianity. You can't trust the church system. This is really why this podcast exists and where it gets its name, Leaving Churchianity. Deconstruction is not inherently a bad thing, especially in this culture that we live in. And it's in the Bible. And I'm going to go through some passages in the next episode to show you how it happened in the Bible and how it was dealt with. I believe deconstructionism can actually absolutely be a crucial part of one's faith journey if done right. It can easily be done wrong, but it can also be done right and be hugely helpful and could very well be the difference between fixing or solidifying your faith before it's too late and making it into the heavenly kingdom or going on being self-deceived and ending up in the bad place of eternal fire. So I'm not against deconstructing one's faith just as long as you don't stop there, but you go full circle and you reconstruct your faith on the truths of the Holy Scriptures. The provable truths is absolutely backed up by the world around us. There comes a time in everyone's life when we need to grapple with the truths of God's word and take real ownership of our beliefs. There's nothing more serious in life. Nothing. It's no easy task extracting yourself out of the culture you live in and being able to evaluate everything we see around us from a first century perspective, from God's perspective, a perspective that's two to 4,000 years removed. It's much easier to assume the current modern version of Christianity, quote, has everything all figured out, you know, all these smart people. They got it all figured out. We can just trust all the smart people who came before us. No, no, that's an error. Trusting men you've never met over the perfect word of God. It's funny because the Bible multiple times actually warns us against trusting in man's religion. Religion that man has created and trusting in the traditions that are handed down from religious leaders. Jesus battled that all the time. The Old Testament text talks about this over and over and over. It prophesies of the future in which we live in these last days. It makes very specific prophecies that this stuff will be going on and how to react. Jesus dealt with it often in his ministry. Take Mark 7, uh, for example, when they said, Why do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders? Remember? And Jesus said, well, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? 
when he said, these people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men, all in the name of God, of Yahweh himself. All too well you reject the commandments of God to keep your own traditions, Jesus said. How relevant. Did you know that it's possible to worship God, the God of the Bible, the true God and his son, Jesus Christ? Did you know it's possible to worship in vain, falsely? Remember the warning Jesus gives in Matthew 7. Remember, 21 through 23. This is literally speaking about our modern Christians and what's going to happen when he returns the second time to gather his own. Verse 21, not everyone who, who says to me, Lord, Lord, calls me Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name? And done many wonderful things in your name, professing him Lord the whole time. What does he say in the next verse? Then I will declare unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That may be the saddest verse in the Bible. There's nothing you will go through that is more serious than getting this right. There is nothing where you need good, solid, caring help to navigate through more than this topic, more than this journey. Our modern day Christian church is simply not structured to help with this, nor is it, is this part of its mission statement, its purpose, what it strives to do. The problem is you can't just blindly, blindly trust Christianity because the churches differ so drastically in their gospel messages. Satan has successfully infiltrated all of Christianity and hidden the true gospel among an unbelievable amount of counterfeits. Very effective tactic. And in about three episodes from now, I'm going to go through probably a dozen different gospels that are out there, all different and show you just how much they differ and contradict one another. We're not talking about petty, insignificant beliefs. All right? We're not going to waste our time on that right now. We're talking about the gospel, what you must know in order to make it into the kingdom of God. The one thing you have to get right before you die. Okay, But don't get overwhelmed or lose heart. I, I know I'm being serious about this because it is very serious. I promise it's, it's not that complicated if you look at it correctly. But people get overwhelmed and deconstruct and just defect. Walk away and abandon the only hope they can have. Not just of eternal life, but also the blessed abundant life that Jesus promises now in this life, on this side of death. Deconstruction to deconversion is a heartbreaking tragedy. But deconstruction to reconstruction will make your faith strong enough to endure all this world can throw at you. It is a sign of a truly converted soul. Let me encourage you to make time somewhere in your day to focus your mind on God's word. Even if it's just 10 minutes, read his word, get your mind thinking on these things. Listen to a podcast on your way to work or or at the gym, or while you're getting ready in the morning and start your day off that way. Start investing in your spiritual health today. 
Do something to kindle the fire in your heart each day. The rewards you will get are invaluable. A clean conscience, peace in your spirit, strength in your soul, strength in your faith, encouragement and joy that trials and problems simply cannot destroy. Just start changing your focus. Focus on God's word, not your bad experience in the Christian church. Most of us have had them, but we got to get past that. One thing you won't hear is people saying, you know, I started studying the Bible and found it not to be true. No. What people say is, I had a bad experience at church. It all comes down to experience and selfishness. If you think about it, it all comes down to the word me. Like many things in life. Somebody offended me or abused me. There's too many hypocrites there for me. I I don't like the pastor. They wouldn't accept me for who I am. There's racism or misogyny or homophobia or... People even leave evangelicalism because they find out evangelicals voted for Donald Trump. I mean, how, how petty is that? So they sacrifice their eternal destiny. They throw away their faith because they might hate Donald Trump. When there's plenty of Christians who vote the opposite way. Who cares about Donald Trump? Who cares about politics when it comes to the truth about our eternal destiny? Politics doesn't play a role in salvation. Well, we've got to wrap this up for today because we went over time. Uh, But we've gotten a little better understanding of what Christian deconstructionism is and why many people deconstruct their faith. Obviously, this is, is too big of a subject to cover completely in one episode but we will pick it up from here in the next episode where we can we will talk about how this movement is taking over christianity and destroying souls and particularly how we can navigate through this process together in such a way that we we remove all of the overwhelming confusion and baggage that christianity has accumulated over the last 2000 years and come out the other side with an unshakable faith in the true God of the Bible and his beautiful message to all humanity. So until next time, may God richly bless you and manifest himself to you.